Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Good morning everyone and welcome to Think Future. My name is Chris Calabugas and once again we're coming at you live from deep, deep, deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We're talking innovation, startups, the future. No, 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 no. We're not talking innovation at all. We're not talking innovation anymore. That's out the window. I threw that out the window. We're talking AI startups and the future. Not necessarily those, not necessarily in that order. If you're watching on YouTube, smack that subscribe button, hit that bell so you'll be notified when a new show comes online. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, please subscribe. Please drop a note on Apple Podcasts. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, I was having a very interesting conversation on X with somebody who was talking about what, how to position yourself. And as a startup founder, and I know there's many of you who are startup founders out there, positioning is extremely important. And in fact, if you go back, there's a really, really good book by Recent Trout, who wrote a book called Positioning. And it's a a marketing, it's like one of the, in one of the annals of marketing, it's one of the best books about positioning. Right? I'm not sure if it still applies today because things have changed a lot. I mean, remember I was telling you about how Robert Kildini's influence has changed a lot because of the way things are nowadays. I mean, things are very, very different. Things are very, very different from the days that uh, he published his Principles of Persuasion. Because persuasion, if you ask me, has changed a lot since then. In fact, Principle of Reciprocity. Who gives you back anymore? When people said, I'll give you a free gift and you give me your email address, but what else do you get out of it? Nothing. This is the land of grift. Anyways, what we were talking about was positioning and how to position yourself because people are saying this all the time is that, okay, let's say I'm a startup founder and I'm creating a business and I'm creating a business. If I want to create a business to solve a specific problem, what if there's other businesses that are doing the same thing or doing something similar? How do I position myself? in such a way to differentiate myself, my products, my services from startup A. So startup A does the same thing I do, startup B does the same thing I do, so I'm startup C. I wanna do something similar to what startup A and startup B are doing, but I don't wanna, I wanna differentiate myself from startup A and B. And you can differentiate yourself greatly from startup A and B, or you can differentiate yourself slightly from sort of A and B. Now you think to yourself, as an innovator, you probably think to yourself, well, I want to differentiate myself greatly. I want to be a completely, I want to be something completely different. I want to be completely out of the box. I want to differentiate myself from startup A and B. So people look at me and go, that's a completely different type of thing. And I'd say to you, that might not be such a good idea. See, the problem with us as humans is that we like things that are different. Yeah, we like the new. And I've said this before many times, is that the new draws us. We are drawn to the new. We're drawn to the different. And maybe it has something to do with our intuition. Maybe the reason why we're drawn to the new and the different is because back when we were sort of cave people wandering the savanna, whenever we saw something new and different, it sort of, it sort of triggered our danger response. And we thought, whoa, wait a second, what is that? 
Is that something I have to be concerned about? And if it's new and different, it will draw my attention to it. And that's where we're in, we're in an attention economy now, right? So everything has to do with attention. So it's new and different. People will be drawn to something that's new and different. Their attention will be drawn to something that's new and different. Now, you might think it's new and different, but what if it's too new and different? What if it's too new and different compared to startup A? So startup A, startup B, your startup C. You say, you know, I want to do something different. I want to do something so different that it captures attention. But if you decide to do something so different, too different, then it's not understandable and it's outside of their understanding. It's kind of like if this, if sort of space, if we went back in time and deposited ourselves on the edge of the savanna and they saw our spaceship, they might not even understand. They might even conceptualize it as anything but maybe a rock because in their mind it has the same properties as a rock they would see a very funny shaped rock and go oh that's just another rock and they wouldn't even notice it as a spaceship because it was so outside of the bounds of their understanding that they wouldn't even understand stood <laughs> there was something out of there and it's the same thing with your startup if your startup is t there's, a, there's a window Right? Just think of it as a window. So there's a window within which you can play as you, a differentiating window. But if you put yourself too close to the other startups, then you don't differentiate yourself enough. If you say, oh, you know, I'm going to do the same thing startup A and B is doing, but I'm going to do it cheaper, or I'm going to do it faster, or I'm going to do it better. And sure, you get the understanding of people who they understand what they already know what uh, startup A and B do. But if you just do it faster and better, why would I want to switch to you if you're just doing it faster and better? I may have a lot of investment in startup A and B. Why would I want to go there? So you need to find that perfect spot. And this is why it's so difficult. People go, oh, you know, 80% of startups fail. Yeah, 80% of startups fail because they can't find that perfect product market fit. They're either too close to startup A and B or they're too far away from startup A and B. They need to be in that correct slot and that's one of the things that positioning teaches you is that you need to be able to find that perfect sweet spot for your startup so that you reach product market fit and you get customers that look for exactly what you're looking for that solve that specific pain point that you're solving for even if it's very similar to the pain point for startup A and startup B but you need to make sure you stay within that window. Where's that window? <laughs> I can't tell you where that window is. It really depends on where, on your your uh, your your industry, the market that you're in, wherever. But there is that window. You just need to be able to be cognizant that there is that window, and you need to make sure that you stay within that window at the right spot within that window, in order to say that you're not too far away from what A and B are doing, but you're also not too close to what A and B are doing. There's a tendency among startup founders, because like I said, we're all innovators, to be too far away from A and B or to pivot to something else entirely. But it's not necessarily so. That's not necessarily the place to go. It's always moving to find that right spot. So this is why change is constant in this business, is that you cannot stay. <laughs> you know, It's a dichotomy. On the one hand, people say, well, you put your business out there and you wait and you, 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 you're patient until you can actually build an audience or build a business. 
But then on the other hand, you have to look at yourself and go, well, how long am I going to wait to build this business? How long am I going to stay in this state before I really need to pivot and do something else? And usually what ends up happening is that startups will pivot when they run out of money or they get close to running out of money and they say, okay, you know, this is not working. We need to do something different. So the question is, where do you do that? And that's where 99% of the time, it's luck. Something falls in your lap to tell you that this is the way to go or to change. And a lot of times there is a turning point. There's a specific customer or a specific number of customers that you reach that you go to yourself, yes, this is a going concern at this point in this space and I don't need to pivot any longer. Look out for that spot. Look out for that place within the window and when it comes at you and leap straight onto that. That is your calling. That is your opening. Stay there and you'll succeed. That's it for me for today. See you next time. And until then, don't forget to think future. Yeah.